When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Storm and Kieran bringing you the netballing moments that matter. This is Centre Pass in focus on SENZ. Tuesday, the 4th of April, just gone past 8 pm here on SENZ. Time flies, especially when you're having fun. (laughs) I mean, when I I check down to see how far deep we're in. To the ANZ Premiership next week. We're halfway through the season. Outrageous! And to celebrate that, uh, coming up on the show today, we have none other than Dame Nolan Tauroa, the head coach of the Silver Ferns, one of New Zealand's greatest of all time, uh, in the coaching king and queen of the ring on afternoons with staff. He made it all the way to the final. So have that. And also, we're going down to the coaches' corner uh, in about fifteen minutes to go catch up with head coach of the Northern Stars, and that is Kitty Wills. So lots going on, and as all. Always, we're going to take you through all the action from this weekend. Storm, where do we even start? I mean, we just had thrillers all round. We saw the Stars take on the Tactics on Sunday, which we were both at. Absolute stunner of a game. But we'll park that because the Pulse took on the Magic uh, on Sunday afternoon. The first game of the Sunday, and my word, it came in clutch for the Magic. MJ Araro, I'll take you back to last week on last week's Coach's Corner. She left us with the, we are coming. And we said, we know, we know. They went down to Porirua and snuck a victory over the Pulse. What did you make of that game, Storm? Look, I know she said they were coming and I, and I believed her and I thought it would be a good close game. But um, yeah, I was really, really surprised by this match. Um, I think Bailey Mez and Amelia and Ekinasio were just on fire. Bailey shooting at 94%, just the two misses. Mez at 90, uh, Mills at 90, sorry. Um, I thought Edna McKay did such a great job getting into the head of Amelia Wormsley, the young 19-year-old shooter for the Pulse that we've talked about so much on this show. So um, I really take my hat off to the Magic. I think their game plan worked, specifically a game plan that was going to work against the Pulse. Um, and yeah, it was it was great to see. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed to see that we saw another match where the team that was down by one tried to run the clock down and it didn't work for them. Remember that uh, Magic Mystics match? I'm sure you do remember. You probably try not to remember. Uh, yes, I've the... tried to wipe it. It does pain me. Yeah. Lots of sleepless nights around that. But no, it was a little bit of deja vu, yeah, wasn't it, totally between was. those two games? And I remember when I went back and watched the game, obviously, Amelia... Uh, Amelia Wormsley, passing that shot back out, a shot that we would have seen her take in previous years, just makes me ask the question, is it Irina Makaere? Should she be in Silver Fern contention? She just seems to stop these red-hot shooters. I just think that was a bit of um, an experience and like a bit of stress from Amelia because you could see Tiana Matura and what her goal attack partner, what she was trying to do, run the clock down, get it into a good position to send it into into OT. And I think Amelia was like, oh, okay, there's still time on the clock. I've got to pass it out again. And just not really understanding the smarts of the game and the situation as a whole. It's really unfair to put a 19-year-old in that situation anyway. I feel like Tiana should have put the shot up earlier and just had the faith in her defensive end that they were going to stop the magic. But of course that didn't happen. Passed it off to Tiana. She missed. And what do you know? It 
Magic win. Back there, it was uh, Bailey Mears spoiling uh, Whitney Soonis' 100th ANZ Premiership game. And every time you do hear us talk stats on Centre Pass, just know it is thanks to our good friends at Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. One team that will be sleeping well tonight is the Mystics. Now, they were uh, given, they were one of the teams with the double header this weekend. So, Saturday night. Yep. It was Saturday it night. It was Saturday it night. It was Saturday night. Over Jeepers, I'm losing track of time. No, it's the 4th of April. We're, we're losing it. We are absolutely <laughs> losing it. But no, they uh, they headed down south and, and took on the Steel. And we know the Steel are not an easy team uh, to take down at home. But Storm, if you, you just look at the score, it looks like your g- generic uh, Mystics blowout. Mm. Seriously, take away that second quarter. It was a lot closer than we thought. I was really enjoying the first quarter of that match, and I thought, yeah, Savia Tui's here to play, Georgia Heffernan, that they're getting into it, Kate Burley was into it, as she always is. And then in the second quarter, I, d- I just don't know what happened, and I don't want to single out a player, but I just felt like we needed more from Georgia Heffernan in a goal attack. She just seemed to get really rattled and um, got her head down when things weren't going well. And like, I don't blame her. They've had such a tough season and it must be so hard for her down that attacking end without the likes of Shannon Saunders and George Fisher around her. But she just needs to stay positive, keep the team in it, bring Saviour Tui into the game. But when the going got tough and they had a couple of goals go against them, it just seemed to snowball from there. And that's what you don't see from these other teams who stay in the grind, you know, keep the positivity up and, and work their way back into it. So unfortunately, that's just what happened for the Steel and you know that second quarter did all the damage and the Mystics are too good you can't mm. let that happen Mystics won that second quarter 19-9 to so like I said before you take that away the game was a lot closer now Catherine Hall made her debut for the Mystics in the absence of Sulu Pitts Sulu Fitzpatrick, I just said. <laughs> Sulu Fitzpatrick, who we are hoping uh, recovers very quickly. We know it's her last season in the ANZ Premiership, but my word, it was Karis Stythe who stole the show on the defensive end. I was very impressed, uh, Tia Winakure, trusting her to play that goalkeep position, where I do think she plays a lot better, and I think Phoenix Karaka is better suited for goal D. What did you make of that defensive circle for the Mystics? Well, it was interesting that they seemed to have been playing it the other way around to start. They'd had Karis out at goal D and Phoenix in at goalkeep, which I guess if you're replacing Sulu Fitzpatrick like for like then you want that leadership in the back that's probably what Tia's thinking I'm not sure but in in the game um, against the Pulse where in the second half they switched and Karis went back to goalkeep and I just thought she was phenomenal and you know like you say our hearts are out to Sulu hope she comes back soon but you know luckily for the Mystics they're not missing too much they're missing her leadership they're missing her game smarts but Karis and Phoenix are a really exciting combination and I can't wait to talk to Dame Knowles shortly about Kara Stythe and see what she thinks about her because probably too soon to say a bolter it's a World Cup year but I think she's destined for higher honours, absolutely. Oh definitely and and we saw it last night as well the Mystics uh, did go on to win their second game of the weekend but we will park that uh, to talk about the Stars versus the Tactics which on paper was my uh, game of the round and it definitely didn't uh, disappoint in terms of the game itself but for Tactics fans a little bit of a worry there we saw the Tactics in round one get up over the Stars both teams have uh, successfully gotten better as the seasons went on. So it was really interesting to see how they matched up this early on, just around midway. What did you make of the Stars attacking end that just really seemed to twist and turn that tactics defence inside out? That's what I've got written down here. Maya and Amorangi turn the tactics duo inside out. That's what hang I've on, written hang here, on. Storm, do you want me to read our text, <laughs> you and I's text from that game? We oh, were both in right. attendance. I did text you saying that, didn't I? Yes, so I text you at 4.41, the end of the first quarter, what's going 
going on with the tactics defensive end. You said getting turned inside out. <laughs> can I can I carry on? This is golden. Can, yeah, I go said on. stars too ruthless. Very good to see. You said I love it, especially since they were all drunk at my party forty eight oh, hours ago. No. They weren't. They weren't. They no, weren't. no, they weren't. They showed up all to my party, though, but they, I, sadly they all left very early and I was drunk. I, I yes, can say that. I can say that. I um, saw your Instagram stories. <laughs> uh, go follow Storm on Instagram if you do want to have a, a good time on a late Saturday night watching the ones that accidentally uh, it was, uh, go up. It was the Friday night, and I'm glad they all actually showed up because I didn't think they would, and I said, you girls better win on Sunday because I don't want to get in trouble for this. Um, so I was very, very impressed with, with the stars. And mostly because, as we said just earlier, Kez, I thought both teams had improved since round one, but I thought the tactics had improved more mm. than, than the Stars had, and they had already won in round one by six goals. So I was kind of thinking, uh-oh, I don't, this might be like a bogey game for the Stars, and I was completely wrong, and, and it was all about their attacking end. Uh, Maya Wilson, Amorangi Malisala just literally had the tactics defensive duo that I have talked so highly of week in and week out. Well, we both have. We've, but, yeah. we've made claims that they're the best defensive circle in the world. And I know. to be fair, I wouldn't change that just yet. It was just it was yet. quite strange yeah. to, to feel like Karenberger was almost out of the game because Maya Wilson was doing such a good job of, of holding them both off while Mila and Gina were both feeding consistently. Mm. I mean, as a defender yourself, when the centre and wing attack are, are moving cohesively like that and just moving as one and, and the shooter on the inside is, is a force like Maya Wilson holding you back, what can you do? Well, it's so hard because we talked about it during the game as well on Air on Sky Sport that Mila and Gina had equal amount of feeds and so you can't just cut one of them out. Your wing defence and your centre can't just double team one of them and hope that the other has to you know, do all the overload and all the work because they're both so lethal and they both had to do it. So it's um, they're a tough team to defend and I look forward to you know, the third time the Stars and Tactics play to see how the Tactics have adapted and what they've learned from that game and just if they can figure out the blueprint to stop this Stars attacking in because, um, yeah, you're, you're so right. It's, everyone was on fire and Amaragi Malisala is shooting from distance. You know, there's no shooter to shoot a ball that Karen Berger can attack because um, Amaragi was just putting them up from all over the circle. So it was great to see. Yeah, good to see the sides building confidence. Really interested to talk to Kitty Wills uh, just after this next break that we we have coming up just around that cohesion that the Stars seem to have at the moment because obviously making it to the grand final last year, you'd think this is the year, if any, that they were going to get there. So we will quickly touch on the Pulse Mystics game last night. Now, once again, it was one of those games where you take away the second and the fourth quarter and, and you can't separate these two teams. But the second quarter, the Pulse managing to win 17-11, but you flip it on the other side, the fourth quarter, the Mystics managed to get 18-11. to Final score was 51-56, so a lot closer than them. But what did you make of the game? Two teams that could easily be finalists this year. Yeah, I've been like, I would love to kind of pick the brain of someone from the Pulse in a couple of weeks' time just to see where they're at because I feel like um, they're just not quite performing at the level that A, we expected them to, B, that they were showing that, you know, promising signs at the beginning of the season. Um, and, you know, the Mystics, like I said earlier, they're just a team that are too good. So if you're not on, 
if you're not on 100%, then, you know, you're in trouble. Um, and, you know, that change of Kara Stythe and at goalkeep, she was MVP in that match. It was awesome to see. I think she just got a couple of blocked shots on Amelia Wormsley, um, on Joyce Mvula too, and just did an incredible job. And, you know, six games for a youngster, it was it was great. Um, Tiana Matudo went from shooting 14 from 14 in the first half to then three out of four in the second half. So that says something to me about... I don't want to say fitness because that's such an easy thing to fall on, but just kind of maybe even mentally staying in the game and, and the drop off from her first half performance to her second half is definitely cause for concern for the pulse and something that they need to look at for sure. Now, it's not something that I would do because trust me, I'm one of the biggest Yvette McCausland jury fans in the world, but it almost made me have to question the decision to make subs at certain times and switch up uh, the, the momentum in the game because it genuinely felt like that. Do you think it's, and I know we say this a lot, but do you think it's a case of we're halfway through the season, if we're going to test things now, now is the time? Possibly, possibly. I think they made, I understand why they took Wormsley off because she, uh, Kara Stythe was getting into the head of her and then she brought Joyce Mvula back on and they kind of started to peg it back a little bit and then the second a pass went wayward to Joyce or the second she missed a shot or something, she was off again and I just felt like I probably, and again, Yvette is an incredible coach, so I don't want to say, you should have done this, Yvette, but I probably would have been tempted to leave Joyce on there. She's a Malawian international who's played in the Super League, won the Super League, um, and is an incredible player. I just probably would have left her on there just to give the Mystics defensive duo something a little bit different to think about. I feel like they'd felt like they'd mastered the defence on Amelia Wormsley. And yeah, if I, I don't know. I don't want to question it, like I said. And then there were all the changes down the defensive end that were impossible to keep up from the pulse as well. I get that it was their second game for the round, so you you know you've got to consider load management, keeping players fresh and whatnot. So there's so much more that goes behind it than just what we see 100%. sitting on the couch at home. Very easy to say, but the Joyce and Vola switch was the one that I probably questioned the most on the night. Mm, and like we always say, it is early in the season. We're almost at halfway, but it is starting to creep into that crunch time. Uh, really excited to catch up with Kitty Wills, have a discussion about the Tactics versus Stars match after this. And don't forget. Dame Nolan Totowa, head coach of the Silver Ferns, the GOAT IMO in my opinion, will be joining us later on the show. But it is 8.13 here on SENZ Center Pass in Focus. When we come back, we'll be catching up with Stars head coach Kitty Wills. Inside the locker room, it's time to head to the coaching corner. Yes, one of my favourite times of the week, 17 minutes past eight here on SENZ, listening to Centre Pass in focus. Very excited to head down to the coach's corner this week with our friends Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialist. We are catching up with none other than the Stars head coach, Kitty Wills. Kitty, welcome to the show. How sweet did that round one revenge win over the tactics taste? Yeah, pretty good. They're a very formidable side for me. They're one of the best teams on paper in the league, so... Um, for us to get up and turn around a six-goal deficit to a nine-goal win was um, pretty pretty satisfying. Because <laughs> oh, it's huge. I mean, we'd kind of just been talking about this before, but I'd thought that the tactics had improved you know, considerably since round one, especially in that attacking end. And I was a little, not, you know, nervous isn't quite the right word. I was like, yeah, the stars have improved too, but, you know, the tactics, they're just, they haven't been together as long and they're week by week getting better. Where do you think your improvements came from, from that round one loss? Yeah, so after round one, I, I was actually a little cross with my team and you know what I'm like, Stormy, you've been there. I just felt like they... Um, 
it was kind of in the secondary roles that they beat us. Like I felt Greer and Cardin um, attacked really hard through the middle of the court and we were quite light on our D. But equally, our, our defenders weren't attacking as hard to our transverse line. So I just felt in the middle of the court, um, we either lost a bit of ball that we shouldn't have or we were allowing them a bit of a free reign to crank through the middle of our, our zone. So I did, um, yes, poor old Magic, they they got the receiving end of uh, probably a little bit of my wrath and, and <laughs> um, questioning my team's commitment to, and, you know, like we believe we're contenders, but we've got to show up every week like contenders. And I just felt in that tactics game, I think it was nerves a bit. It was tentative. We'd lost two massive defenders out of our lineup since um, getting to the finals last year. And I think we were a little tentative on how we would go. Um, but then we, we fronted and lost by six and thought, oh, actually, we're better than that. We can do this. We've, we've got this. Yeah, I like that you sort of singled out Greer Sinclair because I thought she kind of had Gina's number a little bit in round one. But to be honest, she um, Gina definitely had her number on on Sunday night, and it was great to see. I also want to ask you about your attacking end as a whole because to me, it feels like you're the only team that's kind of managed to make the tactics defence end almost ineffective in moments compared to how brilliant they've been. Uh, talk to me about your attacking game plan and what you did to to make that happen. It's actually years of learning Jane, I think. You know, she's such a brilliant player. She's got great recovery. She's super fast and she's very, very busy. So what our um, plan is, and it's actually not that, um, it's not that much of a, a brain turner, actually. It's really just making sure we keep things short. Um, we know where she is on the court, so um, we fake that long. We send somebody there to entice her out. If she doesn't come, we send it. If she comes out, we send it somewhere else. So it's actually um, just being a little bit more patient, uh, a little bit more fake and showing of the ball, and then the person who is receiving the ball, they've got to change the angle. They can't keep running the same line. We do it a little bit too around the big, tall defenders like Kelly and Edna McKay but I actually think Maya, um, she's different from every other shooter. When she's on her game, she can hold so, you, so Jane will know where she is. But as soon as Jane comes off Maya now, she's using her footwork and her dodge a lot better. So um, that, that, that um, knowing where she is is no longer there for Jane to rely on to get back on. And I think the other side of it is, is that Maya goes and finds Cardin Berger and takes her out of the equation as well. So I think it's a little bit to do with um, just playing some basics, but it's also to do with the mobility of our shooting end. Hey, Kitty, just uh, transitioning down to the other end of the court, you mentioned before Kayla Cullen and Anna Harrison both out of action this season. How impressed have you been with Calera and Holly Fowler filling those big shoes and their combination with Ali Timu? Yeah, look, I've always known Holly's got it in her. She's a really tough competitor. So she she puts people on the floor at training and then I feel like there was a, there were a few words coming from tactics to Holly and Holly just doesn't care. She's a really hard marker and she's actually very, very quick. Her closing speed is insane. So she can leave something open and then run it down. So I've always known she's got the goods 
Calera, you know, we, we picked her up for her height. Basically, you've got Grace um, and Amelia Warmsley now, and, and you need to sometimes have just that little bit more height and that shooting in to combat it. And so we picked up Calera. I'd been impressed with Calera, actually, probably more with her season with the Pulse when she first um, got into this competition. I thought she did a really good job behind Kelly Jury. So... Um, but yes, very, very pleased at how they've slotted in and how that combination of that end is going. I can use either. I can put Ali in the back or I can pull Ali up to goal defence. So that's quite a nice tactical change-up um, to have as a coach because it totally changes the way that that end plays. Segues nicely into my next question, actually, because now that we're five rounds in, are you happy with your recruitment? Because I feel like, you know, you of all the coaches, and there's a couple others that have this luxury as well, as well. but the different styles you have on your bench, whether it is bringing Calera in to muscle up in defence or bringing Jamie in to play that kind of playmaker, roll the top of the circle, goal attack role, how important is that now that you know you've had five rounds and you can see how important it is to have depth and different styles on your bench? It's actually very, very comforting. I I sit on the bench now and I know that um, whoever I put out there, and I've said this most years with our team, we try to recruit, recruit that um, whole 10 as quite a strong competitive group as opposed to recruiting a seven and then having a backup plan. But this year I feel like, you know, you've got Simone in the midcourt, she can play wing D centre, and she can back up Gina at wing attack as well. And there's a lot of comfort and ease, I think, when making decisions, when you're sitting on the bench and you think that there needs to be a change-up, I make it with much less hesitation than I might have done in the past. I also like the ability to put Amorangi in the back at goal shoot. I think... um, when Maya came off with that calf strain against the Mystics. In past years, we would have fallen apart when that happened, but we actually played our best quarter and caught up to the Mystics um, with Amorangi in the back. So, yeah, look, really, um, it's a luxury as a coach, actually, to have such three good quality shooters. Um, we've seen what happens to other teams when the top gun shooter goes down and who's going to fill that role, and I think we're quite lucky in that respect right the way through the court. Kitty Stars Fano are well and truly tied into this team. We can really feel how connected uh, you guys really are as a group. Obviously, after the, the loss in the grand final last year, we know that you are pushing for another one. So thank you very, very much for your time tonight. Here on Centre Pass, we wish you all the best and really looking forward to seeing it. I'll see you at the next Northern Challenge. I know you're coming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. That um, that Mystics team, eh? They're they're looking very, very good, and they're our neighbours, and we love them. But we also roll up and and bash it out when it happens, and and we want to take them down. So, um, yeah, we're 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 fighting for our spot this year, and we want to go all the way. But thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. We love the biff. We love the bash. Thanks so much, Kiz. There she is. Okay. Kitty. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much, Kitty. Uh, The head coach there of the Northern Stars, Kitty Wills, really exciting to see uh, their push for the grand final. And it always uh, is a privilege to talk to the Stars, thanks to Vertical Logistics, proud partners of the Northern Stars and leading the way in personalising your freight services. After the break, uh, Storm's Team of the Week. We're going to do a little quick fire this week because Dame Nolan Totoa is waiting for us on the line. So we'll have a quick break, we'll have a quick corridor in there and we'll catch you on the other side with Storm's Team of the Week. 
Yes, 31 minutes past 8 here on ECNZ and if you know that music you only know that means one thing and it's time for Storm to put her friendships aside for 5 minutes as we break down Storm's team of the week. This is where we get a starting 7 from Storm and a captain which is our honorary MVP of the round. So Storm... As always, coin toss, I'm going to let you pick which side we start on. You always know I'm going to start at the shooters. Start at the top. Start with the goal shoot. Start at the top. Let's go. At the end of the season, I want you to tell me what is weird or odd about this team, okay? Okay. Once we get to the end. Okay. All right? right. I'm not going to say it. Let's kick it off. Goal shoot. I've gone for Maya Wilson uh, because, A, she shot at 95% against the best defensive duo in the world, as we keep saying. True story. And as we heard from Kitty Wills, she figured out how to nullify Jane Watson, which is no easy feat. Goal shoot, nice and easy, done. Yes, cool. I'm not uh, not weird at all for Great. me. So let's uh, let's well, see six how weird go. and wacky we can go. <laughs> One down, six to go. Goal attack, pairing with Maya in the circle. It's her stars partner, Amorangi Malisala. I would have been disappointed if she wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, she just shot from distance, which we haven't seen too much of in the season so far. So it was really nice to see the ball just go swish a few times, see her confidence, and to run out a full game. I don't know how many full games we've seen her play at that consistency. So great to see. She's got that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say it because right? people are gonna uh, call me a clown for this. But she's got a bit of that Maria swagger. Yeah, if totally, you know what I mean. Totally. Bit of that Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. Bit of that Kobe Bryant to her. So hey, mm-hmm. who's feeding them this week? Wing attack. Talk to me. Gone with Peter Toyava. Uh, Who returned. Yeah, two games uh, over the weekend and only had three turnovers in each of those games. And her work rate is huge. So she's touching the ball nearly every second pass. So if you're touching the ball, what, 300 times and you've only got three (laughs) turnovers, you're doing pretty well. So I thought she was very impressive. Yeah. No faults there from me. Uh, So (laughs) you're starting to weird me out, this uh, centre and defensive bearing, this defensive trio. may get a bit wacky, so let's keep carrying on. The one holding it all together, the glue, the centre. Gone with Mila Borelli-Buchanan. MVP. Might be, again, that uh, she's in my team of the week. But, yeah, MVP performance in that match over the tactics and her hustle and defence, the kind of, like, extra spark she brings to a side, getting all the crumbs, all the loose balls and just hunting down everything. Uh, I just think I have been a teammate of hers, but she's someone you want in your team. You know, you can just see it. You want her in your team. Always one that has energy out on the court. Hey, let's get down to that trio, and I have a feeling things are going to get weird and wacky here, so let's kick it off with Wing Defence. Wing Defence, I think this is a uh, debut for this person. I've gone with Simone Nathan. Uh, She started at Wing D over the tactics, which we weren't really expecting because Holly Fowler has been playing so well. But Simone's obviously come from the tactics, so she knows that side well, and it showed. She just was that glue in their defensive end. I think she, you know, got her hand on a lot of ball, which is hard to do at Wing D. Her first full game at Wing Defence in the Stars dress and did a really good job. Love it. Let's creep down into that defensive circle, your specialty realm. Goal defence. Who's starting? Phoenix Kardica. Uh, Ten games over two games playing without her partner in crime, Sulu Fitzpatrick. You know, had to play with Kara Stythe and Catherine Hall, as you mentioned, another deputant over the ANZ Premiership. Um, Just did a really solid job. And, like, I think I've said this on the show before, but she just looks to be back to her best, especially physically. Like, she's just not giving up. The rebounds she's pulling down, um, the hops she's managing to pull out of nowhere. I've just been really impressed with her in the season so far. Absolutely love it. Hey, let's round it out now. The seventh player on your team, 
the goalkeeper. This Talk one, to me, Stormy. This one was really hard to pick because yes. I wanted to go with Edna McKaydee because mm-hmm. I was just really impressed. I thought it was the best I've seen her play in a very long time from the Magic. But I could not go past Kara Stythe and the difference she made in that switch into goalkeeper. And if someone is making that much of a difference in a game to the point where you're winning the game for your team just by wearing that bib on the court, then you have to be in my team of the week. So um, she's an exciting young player. I love seeing defenders block shots. You don't see it in netball no. too often. And she just made it look so easy. Her timing on the jump was beautiful. And I'm excited to see more of her. Yes, really holding her own. A mystics uh, defensive end. Yeah. Before we get to your MVP, Storm, you, you told me to pick out an oddity. You didn't notice anything? If I'm being honest, the only thing I noticed is there wasn't Karen Berger in there. <laughs> yeah, no Karen Berger. It goes stars, stars, mystics, stars, stars, mystics, mystics. Well, it's uh, a full Auckland team of the week. We know where you live. God, we know isn't where you that live. horrible? I'm we know where your friends are. Oh gosh, I got friends all over the country. <laughs> no, okay. I just I was Look. writing it and I was like, I have to change someone. I'm like, no. I need my integrity here. I have to actually pick who I thought was the team of the week, and that's just how it went. There we go. Hey, look, as a notorious one-eyed Aucklander, I am stoked with that team of the week. And look, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be even happier with the MVP because I know they're going to be playing for an Auckland team. Yeah, I've gone Maya Wilson. Love it. She's the captain of the Stars and and has just helped pull the team through, so couldn't go past her. And like you mentioned, breaking apart the arguably best defensive duo in the world. How impressive is that? Stormy, that wraps up another week of your... Team of the week, and I know you uh, like to get a little sweat on beforehand <laughs> about your lost friendships and, and new ones. But look, Team of Aucklanders, how wrong can you be? 37 minutes past eight here on SENZ, and after the break, ooh, hang tight. We have none other than Dame Noli and Totoa coming up after this quick little break. 40 minutes past eight here on SENZ, you're listening to Centre Pass in Focus. Now, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome into Centre Pass none other than the head coach of the Silver Ferns, and like I said before, the GOAT IMO, in my opinion, Dame Nolan Totoa. Kia ora, Nolf. Kia ora, good evening. Welcome into the show. First of all, how have you enjoyed this ANZ Premiership season so far? We're one round off from being halfway in. Have you liked what you've seen so far? Yeah, look, over the last uh, three weeks especially, there's been some juicy uh, games out there, um, either going into overtime or one point difference. That's what I actually like, um, is when players are under pressure and to see what they can do. Um, So that's really exciting and I think it's great for the competition as well. Yeah, we're loving seeing these closer games, uh, Knowles. I'm glad you brought up the overtime or, or the one goal situation because we were talking about it at the top of the show. We've seen two instances this year when teams have tried to run down the clock and it hasn't quite worked for them. Watching those games, what would have you coached in that situation and, and do you think they're making the right decision or what else do you do in that situation because it's a real head-scratcher? Yeah, it is. Look, it's a tough one, uh, so to speak, and it's those scenarios that you do have to train. I suppose with Pulse, I think they were nearly about one minute, and there's always that decision, do you just take the goal um, and um, and then get straight back on defence in their case would have been. So, you know, and they milked the clock quite a bit, and I think Mystics did it as well and weren't able to um, just secure that goal when they needed to. So it is a fine line, something that you do need to train. We always think, you know, I think there is a 
sort of um, scenario that we work towards. 30 seconds is probably the max that you can go um, and really looking to be able to put the shot up around 6 seconds. So anything, you know, either on the other side of those ledges, it gets really tight. Nels, I know you hate this question and I hate to put you on the spot, (laughs) but five rounds in, who has caught your eye so far in the ANZ Premiership? Yeah, it's um, quite an interesting thing. You know, I think, uh, you know, I was enjoying um, Jane and uh, Karen and uh, I've said this comment before and their combination. And then, holy heck, you know, they play against stars and um, <laughs> and then I see, you know, uh, both Maya and her partner there in Goldatech uh, actually purely dominating, you know, which does open up some other areas for us to be thinking about. So, you know, you've got that. Um, I think Jean has been quite consistent from round one um, and that shows up in our data as well and definitely her connection with Maya has grown so much and really a dominant combination so you know long may they keep going Um, and you know Grace is always going to be a 40 plus shooter so we know that Um, but once again you know when she's starved of that ball on the outside which teams have been able to do you know with with Magic for instance then um, you know she's not going to be able to do her thing so you know I, I think there's been some promising individual performances but once again really looking forward to seeing what they do when they are under the pump and also when it gets closer to business end. Knowles, it is the big dance this year. The World Cup is approaching uh, very fast. We are at the 4th of April out of absolute nowhere. Now, there are no trials for this year's World Cup. What exactly is it that you're looking for? Yeah, look, there isn't no trials. We actually feel that, well, I actually think the poor players, they've been trialling for at least nearly (laughs) two years, I reckon. Um, You know, we've had nearly all our squad members, both Silverfern and squad, uh, Silverfern Development Squad, uh, involved in some international sort of either matches or the Fast Five. Um, over the last maybe 18 months so that in some respect has been a real live trial um, and then uh, from those experiences or the outings that they've had we've been really clear on you know what their numbers need to be to be a world-class athlete not only that what do they need to do off court uh, in regards to nutrition you know all those sort of things so that they are as pe- best prepared to perform so we've got a fair indicator or idea what that looks like for individuals Um, and uh, for ANZ it was just about them getting out there and playing and then showing the shifts that they've done um, in relation to their own individual program so you know that's what it's all about for us in this stage um, and seeing once again people who can perform on court when the pressure is on. Talk about the Silverfern squad and the development squad and and the data you have on on those girls but We've seen some really great youngsters come through this year in the ANZ Premiership. It is a World Cup year, there is no trials. Would you ever or could we ever see a bolter in a World Cup year? Or is that just taking it a step too far, even for you, Knowles? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's always an interesting thought. Um, you know, when I look at Kara Stice yesterday, last night's game, you know, I thought she was outstanding. And even Amelia Wormsley, who everybody's been talking about, I think, you know, considering this is nearly her first year 
um, on court. It's it's an in- interesting proposition. Um, so I, I would never say never. I, I don't think we can get into that space of, of ruling people out of the equation. Um, and those are the discussions that we must remain open as selectors. But also, you know, it is an element of risk because you haven't seen or I haven't seen or anybody hasn't seen um, these players out in the international. So you've got to make sure that if we do have boulders that they are ready um, to some respect and that they'll really well careful. Um, I think that's really important and and that we put a lot of uh, support in and around them. So is the Netball World Cup the right timing to introduce people? You know, those are the discussions that we need to have, but I'm definitely not closed on it. Oh, it's cool to hear. Um, on the other side of it, not so much bolters, but players that have been around the Ferns environment in the past, but maybe not so recently. I'm thinking, you know, Bailey Mears, Monica Faulkner, they're having great seasons too. Is that shooting in giving you a bit of a headache? Oh, I think every, oh gosh, it seems like everywhere gives me a headache. Um, <laughs> and, and I get worried about it, you know, sometimes I, 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 I feel real sorry for where players are at because sometimes, um, you know, we only have the 12 spots. Um, you're looking for specialists in certain areas, but you can't have all specialists because you've got to have people to slide in, in a few positions so that we can cover the load. We're looking for eight games or people to play eight games in 10 days, obviously, with quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. So you are people who can who can actually play four quarters in those games. Um, so you're right, there's so many people. I mean, the Bailey Mears has always stood up, um, leading into ANZ, especially into pinnacle events. Um, and that's always been a discussion point about what that looks like, plus also her ability or experience at the international arena. So we've always had these discussions and, you know, Monica's been around and, and starting really to mature, I suppose, in her game. Um, and I think it's great. You know, I think the more options that we can have, more discussions that we have as selectors in regards to um, people putting their hand up can only be good for us um, as we lead into Netball World Cup. So, yeah, it's, it's always a doozy when we get to find or the filtering of um, the actual selections of, of people. Just staying on the topic of shooters there, and I guess steel of sort of felt the wrath of this, but we've seen a real emphasis on having a strong goaler shoot who can shoot consistently in the 90s in that 90% range. How important is that to you, and especially at the international level in a World Cup year? Yeah, look, um, all the major teams, no matter what, you always got to have uh, shooters who are in the 40s for goal shoots, and, and really as goal attacks, you're looking at people who are willing to put the shot up and a majority probably 15 plus um, and that equates to something like 20 in the ANZ so I mean whether we like it or not that's how our game is won by as many balls that go through the hoop um, and not only that you're looking at the availability so you know there's a lot riding on shooters I actually feel a wee bit sorry for Steele um, knowing that Georgie uh, Fisher would have been such a um, stalwart or a really she is a world class shooter in her her own right um, and for them to lose her so close to the start it's sort of like they have to go back to ground zero with probably not that same firepower under their belt so you know they're doing a 
as best as they can, um, but you've got players in there who just don't have that same experience under their belt. Um, and, and no matter what, once again, you've got to put the ball through the hoop. So they're going to be under the pump. But I think also, you know, you're also looking at behaviours as well. So, you know, yes, they may not win games or anything like that, but, you know, you want to play hearty. And the old steel way is, is <laughs> definitely, a, a, you know, a heart of steel. Let's put it that way. So, you know, I know these are the things that will be riding on this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's nice to see them getting better week in, week out, slowly getting there. Um, I've got another sort of cheeky question to ask Knowles. This is a a nerdy one for me. I know I can't help myself. The wing defence position, we're seeing Kate Heffernan play in at centre and play really well at centre. We're seeing Karen Berger play goal defence and play really well at goal (laughs) defence. Tell me what you're thinking with wing D because it's stressing me out for you. Speaking of those headaches, Knowles. It's stressing me out too. I think we're on on the same boat. It's, it's quite an interesting thing. Um, you know, when, with, with Carden definitely in quad series and coming back in, and even prior to that, you know, she's sort of been a bit of a mainstay in that wing defence position. Um, but how she's currently forming that combination with Jane, that makes, that's got a lot of value behind it. Um, and, and, you know, up until she, they played against Stars, she's been formidable in that position and turning over a lot of ball. Um, you probably identified an area that is a bit of a headache at the moment in regards to that wing defence position. Uh, at the moment, you know, a Claire Kirsten is playing predominantly centre, switching back to wing defence, but, you know, not playing that inside out or every game. Sammy's sort of been playing a wing attack, flicking to centre, now to a wing defence. Um, you know, and these are people who have had uh, Silver Fern experience. So, you know, that's... that. That area is probably going to dictate as to what the selections will be in circle defensive. Um, if we can't cover there, then it might mean that we have to look at, um, you know, defenders players to try and cover that wing D, or it might mean, you know, that as as has been done in the past, um, Cutton could possibly play there or or a Kate. Um, so I think it's all on basically, and it's all open, and that's why these selections are uh, going to be interesting as we get along in, in A&Z. Fascinating. Jeez, Dame Knowles, look, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you two things. I've got a pack of Maxagesics here that I will send down to you immediately <laughs> for those headaches. And second of all, if you ever need to come and vent about your selection uh, woes with the absolute stacked squad we have here in New Zealand, Storm and I are always here for you. Tuesday nights, 8pm, Knowles. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, thank you. Dame Knowles, thank you so, so much for your time tonight. It is always a pleasure to catch up for you. We love your honesty and we are really looking forward uh, to seeing how the squad goes come World Cup time. So all the best and we'll have to catch up very soon. Brilliant. Thank you for the call. Thank As you. always, there she is, Auntie Dame oh, Nolan Total. The, the, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, I feel like bad I said, now. Yeah. She's not going to sleep tonight. 
What I have know, I done we've to just awoken something, but look, here, we, we do have the wonderful chemist warehouse uh, supply. With We've got a few packs of Maxi Jesus that I will send to her because honestly, if secondhand headaches are a thing, I think I'm getting one as oh, well. Yes. We can talk about all day how stacked we are as a nation at the moment, especially in that mid court area lurking towards the defensive side. I can't even begin to explain it, but always a pleasure to catch up with Dame Knowles. One thing I was really interested in, and I know we only have a minute here, Storm, but in terms of World Cup year, the squad's named. I know it's different this year with no trials, but the squad's named. What happens between there and World Cup time? Do you know what? I don't know what's happening this year because usually they find a way to squeeze in a um, competition of sorts and I'm not sure if I might be eating my words here and you've put me on the spot, but I don't know if there's too much happening. There'll be in-house camps, of course, and they will head to South Africa very early and they'll play games against, you know, A-teams from other countries that are travelling. Um, but yeah, it's a stressful time for Dame Knowles and, and the Silverfin squad because there's there's no series. This is it. It's mm. ANZ and then they're off. I know. And look, I'll tell you what, I'll leave you with one last stat thanks to our good friends at Bedpost. There's about 200 shooters, 200 mid-quarters and 200 defenders that Knowles could take right now. It's her choice on who she's going to go with. That wraps up another week of Centre Pass in Focus here on ECNZ. Thank you very much, Storm. Stay well. We'll catch you next week. See you next week.